Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From the pages of The New Yorker, this is the Weekly Comment Podcast. In No Mercy, Margaret Talbot writes about the fate of immigrant children at the border. Early last week, when a 16-year-old boy from Guatemala became the third migrant child in six months to die in the custody of U.S. Customs and Border Protection and the sixth child to die after being detained by the agency, it was an acute reminder that the humanitarian challenge at the border shows no signs of abating. Carlos Gregorio Hernandez Vasquez died at a border station in West Laco, Texas, after being given a diagnosis of influenza. It's not clear that medical negligence played a role in his death. A nurse practitioner examined him and prescribed Tamiflu, though he was not taken to a hospital. But it is clear that he died in a system where the quality of mercy is under extreme strain. The Border Patrol system is chiefly designed to handle the people who in previous decades made up most of the migrants on the border, men crossing from Mexico alone, drawn by the prospect of employment in this country which they tried to enter undetected. Today, the majority of migrants are women and children fleeing endemic violence in Central America and often reporting at border stations to request asylum. By law, they can't be deported until their claims are given a hearing. They end up being detained for days or weeks, often in what are intended to be temporary holding cells. Now, even these are overwhelmed. News photos from the past few months have shown migrants pressed behind razor wire under the Paso del Norte International Bridge in El Paso, and their numbers have been climbing. In April, Customs and Border Protection detained close to 110,000 people on the Mexican border, bringing the number of arrests to its highest point since 2007. What you want in such a situation is an administration capable of generating immigration policies grounded in an understanding of why asylum matters and what impels people to leave their homes and risk their lives on arduous treks to an increasingly unwelcoming country. Last month in Las Vegas, the president told members of the Republican Jewish Coalition of all people that the asylum program is a scam. In his view, the asylum seekers are not women and children in crisis, but some of the roughest people you've ever seen, people that look like they should be fighting for the UFC, the ultimate fighting championship. You look at this guy, you say, wow, that's a tough cookie. The administration has pursued a slew of immigration policies, building a giant wall, making asylum seekers wait in Mexico, revoking birthright citizenship that have proved impractical or unconstitutional or both, and were soon tripped up by legal challenges. Most notorious is the zero-tolerance family separation policy that it announced a year ago and was forced to revoke in the face of public outcry. Last June, Dana Sabra, a district court judge in San Diego who was appointed by George W. Bush, remarked not only on the cruelty of the policy but on the mess that the government had made of implementing it. Ruling against the administration in a case first brought on behalf of an asylum seeker from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, whose six-year-old daughter had been taken from her, Sabra wrote, The facts set forth before the court portray reactive governance, responses to address a chaotic circumstance of the government's own making, noting that the practice lacked adequate procedures for keeping track of the children or communicating with them, or for eventually returning them to their families, he added, The unfortunate reality 
is that under the present system, migrant children are not accounted for with the same efficiency and accuracy as property. The fallout from that policy's failure is still very much with us, and not only in the psychological trauma inflicted on the children and parents. 2,737 children removed after zero tolerance was put in place have been returned to their families. But according to a recent report from the Office of the Inspector General, thousands were also taken in the year before the administration publicly announced the policy. Lawyers for the administration have said that those children, too, have been returned to parents or guardians. But because the government was keeping such poor records, it's not actually known how many children are in this category, or where they are, or even if others have died. In late April, Judge Sabraw gave the administration six months to produce that information. The administration's lawyers said that the task could take two years. Earlier this month, the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, began briefing members of Congress on a plan that he had come up with, in whatever time he had free from crafting a plan for peace in the Middle East, to overhaul the immigration system. The centerpiece of the proposal, allowing immigration on the basis of merit, keeping out low-skilled labor, and limiting family migration, has a decidedly un-American ring to it. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, said that the word merit is really a condescending word. Are they saying family is without merit? She added, are they saying that most of the people who have ever come to the United States in the history of our country are without merit because they don't have an engineering degree? The Kushner proposal apparently does not address key issues, such as the DACA program, the overburdened asylum system, or aid to Central American countries that could help stem the current flow of migrants. In fact, at the end of March, Trump ordered the State Department to cut $450 million in aid that goes toward, among other things, promoting economic development and reducing violence in El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. He said that he meant to punish those countries for doing nothing for us. It was a remarkably short-sighted move. Aid is not a cure-all, but it has more practical promise than anything else that the administration has tried. A 2017 study by the Center for Global Development documents a clear relationship between increases in the violence that such aid is intended to reduce, in part, and in migration from Central America between 2011 and 2016, the study found for every 10 additional homicides in a Guatemalan, Honduran, or Salvadoran town, there were six more people trying to cross the border. Trump's crackdown on migrants will have to beat out for sheer misery the conditions that they are trying to escape, and in our democracy, to the president's chagrin, that's just not legally or politically possible. That Was No Mercy by Margaret Talbot from The New Yorker magazine, June 3, 2019. Narrated by Jamie Rennell. Also in the magazine this week, Lizzie Whittacombe on Emily Oster. Alex Ross on Antonio Salieri. William Finnegan on Beto O'Rourke. Sam Knight on Football Leaks. Emily Nussbaum on Hashtag Me Too on TV. Dan Chiason on Natalie Center's Zapico. Peter Sheldahl on Thomas Cole and Bryce Marden. Anthony Lane on Aladdin and the Fall of the American Empire. Fiction by Aishagu Savash. And more. Audible.com produces a weekly audio edition of The New Yorker. To subscribe or to download individual issues, we invite you to go to www.audible.com 
and enter New Yorker in the search box. To subscribe to the comment podcast, go to www.newyorker.com or to the New Yorker room on the iTunes store.